This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Tim Barley. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, maybe even, depending on when you're listening. Either way, welcome to Behold. If this is your first time, man, how exciting. Welcome to Valley Bible Church's humble little uh, podcast. Welcome to the party. (laughs) Welcome Welcome to to the the Behold party. party. (laughs) As you heard in the intro, my name is Sean, and we're here with my good friend Dan, and our our trusted El Capitan, Tim Barley himself. Hi, Tim. Uh, one of the El Capitans. Ooh, As we're, hey, Ooh. that's a great little foreshadow. We're going to get know, into a little drop, Dropping the pebble there. Yeah, so if you guys have been following along with us on Sundays, we are in this series called Who We Are. And really the point is we're talking about who we are as a church family. You know, ideally, which is what we believe, these are things that should embody all Christians. This is fundamental Christianity and followers of Christ. But as you guys may know, um, churches are different. If you look across the country, there's just so many different cultures and different structures. And so here is what we at Valley Bible Church cling to, to be as truth and to be commands from God's word. And so this last week, Gary talked about leadership. And when we look at scripture, we see a few different places where there are instructions given for us as Christ followers of what the church should look like. And particularly what we're going to talk about today is just this issue of eldership, of elders, and maybe even deacons if we get there. And so it's so fitting that we happen to have one in our presence, the <laughs> elder, the Reverend uh, Tim Barley. Oh, wow. So bef- before we dive too deep, Tim, um, I think a lot of people maybe listening haven't really heard of that process uh, in a firsthand kind of basis of what does that process look like in becoming an elder? So tell us your grand epic saga of how you became the elder, Tim Barley. Well, I was just going along, minding my own business, leading a quiet life, working with my hands, nice. doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing, according to Paul's you know, words in First Thessalonians, like Thessalonians. And then one of the elders said, hey, I want you to meet with us, or we want you to meet with us. And I'm like, uh-oh, what did I do? Do you remember which one it was? Who was the first one to, to approach I you? do, Mark Porter. Wow. He's no longer with us. He is in glory. But I met with the elders then, and they told me that they thought that I possessed the qualifications of being <laughs> an elder. And I you know, immediately told them that they were loony. No, I didn't. I was very respectful. Um, but, but I said, I, I just don't really you know, n- n- know if this is you know, what, what I should be doing and don't think I'm qualified and all those kind of things. And they said, that's exactly why we want you to, to consider this <laughs> and to look into this. I'm like, oh, what could I have said that would have made them say something different, right? <laughs> so one thing leads to the next and you know, before you know it, I am meeting with them regularly and basically observing, listening, asking questions, and becoming more comfortable with this concept of serving God in a, a new way and putting a big, big fat target on my back, mm. on my front, on my face. <laughs> on my... 
What it, year was that, Tim? When 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 you first started meeting with the elders? Oh, it was back back in the eighteen eighteen. No, no. Oh, sorry. It was back in nineteen ninety nineteen ninety five ninety six. Oh man, that's before some of our I listeners know, were born. I know. I, I know. love it. It's I the. It's weird. Anyway, so well, yeah. Well, on, on Sunday, you know, Gary was talking about how you know when when they're when they're looking at candidates for, for eldership, they, you know, they, they talk to neighbors, they talk to coworkers, they, you know, they talk, they, they try to get, you know, they, they even talk to the wives of, uh, so I'm just curious, you know, what was that like for, for you when, when they were talking to your wife, you know, back then? <laughs> Rub it in, dude. Rub it in. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm going to start a podcast. A and podcast I'm gonna, burn. Yeah. I'm going to grow you. Okay, we'll talk about this later. Uh, that was a sneaky way of saying, "Hey, Tim, single everybody." So if you know anyone, <laughs> drop us, drop us a beat. Yeah, because because we really need to get into you know we need we need to get into the nitty gritty. Uh, well, that was my that was my issue. I'm like, I'm not the husband of one wife, and they're like one wife at a time. <laughs> Like, oh, that's not what they said. Nice. nice. Um, Okay. So how long, so in all seriousness, how long were you guys meeting together before they, um, you know, cause Gary did a great job of explaining, um, you know, there's this kind of like vetting process and then let's bring this candidate before the church body and, and give the church body an opportunity, interestingly, not to vote. Right. Cause the, cause, cause Gary did a great job of looking at scripture and saying elders are actually appoint elders. Right. Yes. It's not a voting thing, but, but there's a collective wisdom and, and there's a, there's insight that you can gain from people, um, you know, for or against, uh, you know, a candidate. So I thought that was really cool how he explained that, but how long was that period of vetting for you before they, they brought you up in front of the church family? You know, I don't actually recall, but it was many months. Okay. You know, many months went, went by and that point that you just raised, raised is, is is significant because we elders are not omniscient <laughs> you know they don't have <laughs> access to all information about all things and and we we're not the ones who have the 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 brainchild you know of, of, of every ministry we're not the 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 originators of every ministry that happens in the church we we want we want people to recognize that we need we need others to to spearhead things and and provide information we have blind spots and this is a perfect illustration, you know, of of information that folks might have about a candidate that's being that's being you know prepared to become an elder that that the elders may not have. And so, for you to be able to say that's perfect example is the the survey that went out th- this past week. We 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 want feedback, honest feedback from from folks, so we can make sure that we're we're not missing any blind spots, and we hear from folks and can use that information appropriately. Nice. That was a great subtle little plug for people to take the survey. It's good. I huh? like that. <laughs> You're such an executive pastor. <laughs> great. It's so okay. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, it's good. Uh, thank, thank, yeah, thanks for sharing with us kind of your, your story a little bit. I think that's, um, it's cool to just think about all the guys, you know, even since I've been here that have walked through that same uh, process and, and some elders that have retired or some elders that have gone to be with the Lord. You know, I just think that's kind of, you're almost like a little VBC historian, you know, and we can pick your brain on that stuff. I love it. <laughs> oh, pick away, pick away. There's not much left, but pick away, <laughs> pick, away, pick away what you can get at. Oh, gosh. So, Tim, just for anybody who didn't tune in on Sunday, which pause real quick. If you didn't, please do. Go check it out. The link's in the show notes and all that good stuff. Listen to Gary explain it in depth. But 
for anyone who didn't, just give like a two sentence. What do you see the elders and biblically, what do you think the elders role is in our church family? Yep. If I was going to make an overall statement, it would be to provide spiritual oversight for, for the body, the local church body, uh, primarily uh, preaching, teaching, praying. You know, so that's that's what we're what we're focused in on. Uh, we're making sure that doctrine, you know, is being being protected, being being preached, being taught, being maintained. We we do deal with conflicts, you know, that that come up within the church body as is necessary. We we hope that it can be dealt with, you know, between the individuals involved. But sometimes it'll it'll come to that level. But the, the spiritual oversight of the local church body. Oh, that's really good. Um, and I guess like just a follow-up question to that, I, I can only imagine so many challenges you guys have because I think about elders in a typical church size, you know, average church in America is 150, 200 people, something like that. That seems pretty doable. So what are some of the challenges you experience with trying to provide spiritual oversight with a thousand people or 2000 people? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the more people, the more complicated it gets. The, and we're talking about uh, people in in our church family as well as elders. You know, as the elder, the team of elders increases, we've got a variety of personalities and experiences and all those kinds of things. So that that becomes more more complicated. Just that's just the way that life life works. We are so so fortunate here. I I, I adore these these men that I serve alongside of. We, we, we love Christ supremely. We love this, this community of believers. We love one another. We, we, we pray, we weep, we laugh, you know, we, we enjoy being with one another. And it's just a, a wonderful mix of a variety of personalities. We've got some um, some Peter-like personalities who are fiery. You know, mm-hmm. we've got some very uh, somber and more solemn personalities. You know, we've got you know intellects. We've got you know people that are more emotional. All all those kinds of varieties are represented, and it just creates a wonderful blend of folks. Um, who are able to come together and and serve in that in that leadership team? Yeah, and I think I think that's such a key element <clears throat> to what you see in with the New Testament church of, in the first century, and and what's was established for us, and what we see in Scripture, and and I, and Gary did a great job of of talking about this this plurality of uh, of leaders and and why that is important, and you know, that it's not just one guy who is, who is at the helm, that there's this, there's this team approach to it. And that's, I think one of the cultural things that is very important at VBC that I've noticed since I've been here is, is that starts with the elders. And I think it, it, it trickles down to, to all different areas of ministry that, you know, we very much love a a team approach. And so I just think it'd be interesting, Tim, for you to talk about you know, some of the dynamics of how that, how that works out together, you know, and maybe some things that, that are from what you've seen, you know, and you've been, I know you've been around a lot of other different churches and, and seen a lot of different, you know, cultural, like leadership styles and all that kind of stuff. What, what makes VBC like unique? Um, and I think uh, there might be people listening that maybe have been around churches where, where elders 
you know, functioned more like a, like a board of directors or they were, they were more like, you know, talking heads or advisors or, you know, kind of a corporate-y kind of, you know, model. Um, how does that differ from what happens at VBC? And maybe you can just talk about like, you know, almost like peel the curtain back and let us see like what happens in the meetings and, and how do you guys, you know, make decisions and, and work through, um, I don't know, like issues and how do you guys expect to hear from the Lord for direct guidance, you know, for, for what our church is specifically supposed to be doing and, and all those things. I know it's kind of loaded, but yeah, I just yeah. felt like that cartoon <laughs> where the piano gets dropped on the guy from the third floor. I'm like, what am I doing? So I'll, whatever I miss, you guys come back in and help me, you know, figure out. So I was raised in a tradition of a, uh, a pastor who was the, the, the big dog. And then all these folks served as deacons. So there wasn't even an elder board. It was the, pa- it was like the pastor elder singular and mm. then deacons. And the pastor, he had his hand in everything. Like he was the only guy who would marry people, bury people, uh, preach, uh, go to hospital visits for most people. I mean, the, the guy just was Superman, you know, did everything. Wow. And that was the model that I grew up in. So when I came to, to BBC, I assumed that, that that's what like would who's it, that guy who's it, doing exactly. That? Yeah. And yeah. then I kept hearing all these things, this, this new, this new term plurality of leadership, plurality of elders. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. But where's the alpha alpha plural, <laughs> you know, where's the, uh, the guy that's a little more above the others, you right, know? Right. And, you know, I've been here almost 30 years and I'm still snooping around for that. That person can't find them. <laughs> And, and that was one of the beautiful things about VBC is I, I really saw that at working. I, I didn't, I was like, how does that work with ego? How does it work with, you know, different compensation, you know, scales? How does it work with, you know, well, this, this area of ministry clearly has got to be more important than this area of ministry. So that means this person has more authority and all that. But I began to, to see, man, the, they, tr- so I was, I was the high school pastor, but they treated me, you know, as if I might as well have been the teaching pastor in regard to my input, my, my, my value, my worth. It, it was, it was insane. I, I literally could not believe what, what was, what was happening, how they were operating, but that sincerely was the way that, that, it, that it worked on a staff level, um, as well as on an, on an elder level. Uh, and so I just saw this this healthy paradigm, and, and Gary did a, a great job of presenting the idea that plurality of eldership isn't just a a slick concept that VBC you know is excited <laughs> about. It, it is a biblical reality that that elders, you know, pastors that 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 was the idea that there was this plurality of of, of leadership. And if for some reason that might might not be possible in a small church setting, the idea was, well, then you train up leaders as quickly as possible because you do not want to be the lone dog, you know, over this thing, which, you know, um, is one of the issues that, that we sometimes see, you know, a lot of churches develop what's called this cult of personality, where it's just this one person. And I love the philosophy, the biblical philosophy here, which is, man, every one of us 
need to be raising up someone who could stand in our place if we ever needed to move to the side for whatever reason that may be. All of us, you, know, you, Sean, me, we're always thinking about that, pouring into other people so that they can be raised up. And it, it does, it, it, it creates this, this sense of humility you know, that we are, that we are expendable, you know, yeah. that it's not just about us. And it's just a, man, it's such a beautiful, healthy way to, to help lead a church. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of benefits to it. Not only is it, is it, um, biblical and healthy, but, but there's a, there's, and, and the humility aspect is huge, as you said, but also there's a protection in it too. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you, you just think about like a, like a herd, you know, of wild animals, the, the, the one that's going to go down first is the one that's separated and isolated and by themselves. And, and so for, for the elders to, to really have that kind of like fellowship and shared responsibility. And it's like, it's not all falling on one person's shoulders. And that's a great point. I, it is also preserved longevity here. I mean, if you look at the, the elders, the pastors, you know, the folks who, who serve here, they tend to stay for long periods of time because they're not being overextended. You know, they don't the, get burnt out. Exactly. It's shared leadership. It's the idea of pour into other people. You don't need to be the upfront person all the time. You don't need to teach, you know, have other people up there and 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 use use that as a as the the kind of uh, form and function that we operate by. And it 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 so many benefits. God clearly knew what he was doing when he established you know, the, the leadership structure in that, in that manner. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good. Tim is just a random question here. So in, in thinking about church leadership and structure, I think a lot of people who come from other church backgrounds might be familiar with uh, the term deacons. And we don't really throw that around at VBC very often. However, we definitely have people serving in those types of roles. So maybe you could shed some light for listeners as to why we don't specifically identify deacons and then at the same time, how do we still fill those needs in our church family? Yeah, great question. So we're, we're convinced that in order for a, a church to function in the most efficient, proper manner, that there needs to be elders and deacons. Absolutely. So we've got elders. We also have people who are serving in the deacon roles, we have just not, as a church, been been very uh, focused on acknowledging every person who serves in a deacon role. We have so many people serving here. We we have chosen, at least up until this point, to not say, "Okay, you're a deacon. You're not a deacon. You're a deacon. You're." Not. We've not we've not chosen to operate that way. To our knowledge, there's not a a mandate in Scripture that says you must appoint deacons. They must be there. You must put them in the office. You must make sure they're given that title, that position, all those kinds of things. Deacons were established for the relief of elders so that they could be responsible for the overall spiritual well-being of the church because the elders were finding, okay, we're not only praying and teaching and preaching and and providing for the, the overall spiritual needs, but we got people who need food. We got people who need money. We got people. We've got you know the 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 setup for the the house church or whatever it might have been. You know all those other kind of details that were going on, and they were saying we can't do it all. We need we need help, and and VBC has been just abundantly blessed with many many people who serve in 
capacities that have allowed those things to take place um, without us necessarily needing to designate this is your title, this is your office. And and in our opinion, to be honest with you, it, it probably has protected us in some ways from from a lot of unnecessary drama like, well, I'm an elder or I'm competing to be an elder or whatever it may be. So we've just we've just not gone there up you until mean this deacon. point. Excuse me, thank yeah, you, Deacon, yeah, yeah. Deacon. Thank you. Um, we've just not chosen to go there. Uh, and and for us, it has worked well. We feel like God has been glorified. We've not we've not shirked on responsibilities, and that's kind of where we've we've landed on it. Well, and I think that's another that speaks to another kind of DNA, you know, principle or or something that is is very, I think, central to who we are as a church is we're we're not we lean on the, on the more organic kind of grassroots style of ministry and leadership. We we don't lean heavy on on structures or programs or titles, and so I think probably where we've landed on the whole deacon conversation is probably a reflection of that, and and it's kind of like you're saying, man. There's there's so many people out there that are deaconing, right? That they're they're getting their deacon on, right? Um, <laughs> so it's that. like and and they're they're being effective, and and that we're seeing such a a widespread like participation in the church family of people using their gifts and making a difference for the kingdom. It's like, what, what, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> and, um, and obviously could we get better all the time? Yes. But, but maybe having an official deacon board is not the way to, to improve, to make it better, you know? Great point. Some people might say, well, but that opens, if you're not going to have a formalized program, then that opens it up to people serving in a deacon role who are not qualified. Well, you know, if we go back to what Gary was sharing, you know, Sunday from the qualifi- about the qualifications of an elder, we need to realize that we don't read if we're not an elder, we don't realize and say, "Whew, I'm glad I'm not an elder because I don't want to live up to that standard." <laughs> That's not the point at all. Those are those are all standards that all of us should be striving toward, right? No doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not these are exceptions. You know, it's just these should be clearly identified in the in the lives of of people that want to be identified as as, as elders, or, or or are identified. So, if a person is serving in a leadership role and there's something glaring that's not that's not consistent, you know, with what these qualifications are, then we're going to speak to that person and let them know, hey, where'd you? Uh, Two wives. What's going on with that? They can't, or whatever it may be, you know, we're yeah. not going to just ignore it. We're going to address it and say, "Oh, we, you know, we need to, we need to address this because that really doesn't qualify you to serve in that role." You know, at this point in time, let's figure out what we need to do to 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 work with you in this situation and get you to a place where hopefully you can serve. But right now, we need to take a break and figure out what's going on, and then move on from there. No, that's really good. Um, and yeah, just yeah, I think over the years the three of us have all been involved in situations like that where somebody had to be pulled from leadership temporarily. And I've just, I can speak to it. It's just been encouraging to witness that process and what it's looked like. And every time that I can recall, it's been an act of love and an act of care towards that person. And the leadership and the elders have just done a great job of making sure that they understand that, that it's not a, Hey, we're covering our, our, our backs here. And we don't want to be burned by your exposure, but no, it's like, we care for you. We care for where you're at with Christ. And so we're doing what's best for you in that way. So I appreciate that. Tim, I love that this is becoming a Q and a with an elder, which is great. That'll be the title. 
So next, next one up, batter up here. Um, you know, I love that you talked about the, the diversity between the elders. You know, you have some people who are in sales and some people who are in other fields and you have emotional and intellectual and all that stuff. And so naturally the benefit of that is just how much that helps and informs decision-making. But then I'm sure on the flip side, that can also lead to disagreements about decision-making and disagreements about how to move forward with stuff. And I know that you guys have expressed a bunch that you do everything possible to strive for unity in decision-making. Um, so maybe you could just shed a little bit of light on what that looks like and what do you do when you know, two out of the seven elders feel really strongly in a different direction and how do you move forward in that process? Yeah, that, that's a, a great point. And I'm, I'm, I'm being as honest as I possibly can be here. You know, since I became an elder... You know, I don't recall an issue where we left the meeting and we were divided um, in in a way on, on a matter that we needed to make a decision on immediately, and and we uh, we we just couldn't couldn't come to a conclusion. You know, the the Holy Spirit has always presided over those meetings in a, in a way that allows all of us to eventually get to the place where we either realize, okay, I need to defer to the wisdom of this elder, or I need to speak confidently about this matter to these elders, and by the time the the final decision has been made, there is always a unanimous stand on those issues. However, I'm not going to say that every elder feels as as strongly, you know, about every issue as every other elder. That's not that's not always. It's like a yielding, correct? It's, yeah, but it, but it's not a it's not a a political yielding. Like uh, I'll give this. I'll keep the favor in my back pocket for next time because I yielded this time. So you better. Exactly. What is what, you know, it's always what is for the glory of God and the greater good of his people. What is for the glory of God and the greater good of his people. And so looking at that and realizing, okay, you know, this is this, there's a lot of different ways to approach this, but that is our, our priority to, to talk through things, to pray through things, sometimes to leave fast, study, come back again, you know, on, on matters that don't need to be decided immediately and then uh, share our, our hearts and go from there. Yeah, I think that's really great. And and something a lot of people might not know is the majority of our elders are what we call bivocational. So so they, they serve as an elder um, according to what was outlined in scripture and what Gary did a great job of, of you know, delineating for us on Sunday but they also have a job in, you know, in, in whatever, you know, in sales or in there as an engineer or as a orthodontist or a, a counselor. So only, only correct me if I'm wrong, only Tim Barley and, and Gary Darnell are uh, on staff here at VBC. Right? right. So so I think that's really interesting too, because it, it, it does, there is a really a council in, in just a lot of different, there's a wisdom in the council with, a lot of different perspectives and experiences and, and backgrounds and stuff like that. And I think we have that, you know, another thing too, that, that I've kind of perceived and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like over the last couple of years, the frequency in which you guys meet has gone up and it seems like you guys, um, I'm spying on you a little bit, but it seems like you guys meet uh, to pray a lot more as well. And so I wonder if, if you've seen a change just 
Well, first of all, are those two things true? You know, have you guys started meeting together more? Obviously now you guys are meeting remotely over Zoom, but have you, have you noticed a difference in, in the frequency you guys are, are seeing each other and the, 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 the increased prayer that at least I notice? Yeah. Yes. Yes. On almost all those things. Let's see if I can remember what they all were. So, so I'm, I'm in contact with the elders or an elder on a daily basis, uh, in, in some manner regarding some issue. So the communication, you know, has definitely, you know, increased over the, over the, the years for sure. We used to meet and pray at the same time, but we realized that there was so much to discuss and so much to pray over that we decided to make those separate meetings. We still pray whenever we get together, but we wanted to have a focused time just for prayer. And so we made a separate time to meet to, to be able to do that. Then when COVID hit, we realized we needed to increase the frequency of our meetings even, even more. Um, and so now it's, you know, we meet three times a month. Um, and so, and it's, and it's been great. You know, I, I love meeting with these guys. Believe me, we never sit around thinking, oh, anybody got anything to talk about? <laughs> there's <laughs> there's plenty me. of stuff to get Always, into, yeah. always, always. In fact, there's, it, you know, a, an hour meeting will quickly become a three-hour meeting. Um, so it's just crazy, you know, just things that are, that are, that are coming up and things that we're, you know, we're studying and how to, how to, you know, present these to the, to the church family, um, how to move forward in the future, all these kinds of things. That's awesome, dude. No, it's so encouraging. I think, yeah, for those of you who are in leadership in a workplace environment or in the corporate world, I'm sure you, like me right now, are just thinking, wow, that's so different than everything that we're <laughs> used to operating and how we, how we operate um, in a business. Um, all right, next next question, Q and A. Well, up well here. Hey, actually, before that, can I can I read something just that that I think just piggybacks off what you just said, Sean? Um, before you switch gears, is that okay? Do it, can I do, do it? it? So, um, there's there's a there's this great book called um, Biblical Eldership by mm. um, Alexander Strach. I don't know how to say his last name. <laughs> good enough. Good enough. Is that good enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, and man, it's just so it does such a great job really digging in deep into what Gary did on Sunday and, and just, man, it's, I would encourage anybody to pick it up. And there's a group of guys who, who just finished going through it from VBC. And, um, and one of the, one of the issues that is tackled in there is just the, the, the idea of servant leadership, that if you look at Jesus's life and his teachings and, and you, you look at the, you know, the leaders, how, how the apostles um, led the church and started the church, that there's this, there's this attitude of, of service and it's not about ego. It's not about competition. It's not about, I mean, I think, I think Jesus had to instruct them and teach them how to do it that way. Right. But eventually, man, there was this, there was this really humble and gentle attitude of service. And, and I think Gary did a great job of talking about that, 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 um, not only in, in character, but also in like the goals of, of leadership in the church, we are to reflect Christ. And just what you said, Sean, just about how, what a stark contrast, uh, you know, the Jesus way of leadership is from the world's way of leadership. And, and you look at politics, you look at the corporate world, whatever, and, um, Jesus is refreshingly different. There's this, there's this quote here that says, um, so 
Jesus in Matthew uh, 11, he contrasts himself with the harsh, self-absorbed religious leaders of his day. Jesus called out to the people, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Through this significant statement, Jesus tells us who he is as a person. He is gentle and humble. Too many religious leaders, however, are not gentle, nor are they humble. They are controlling and proud. They use people to satisfy, satisfy their fat egos. But Jesus is refreshingly different. He truly loves people, selfishly serving and giving his life for them. He expects his followers, especially his elders, to lead his people to be humble and gentle like himself. And then later on, he, he goes and talks about this really cool imagery of um, just like when Jesus washed his disciples' feet, you know, he put on this robe, right? He took, he took off, sorry, he put on this apron. He took off his, his, his like outer garments and he put on this apron and just talks about how um, an apron is better than a robe. And so I think a lot of times people, and Gary even alluded to this on Sunday. A lot of times people get into church leadership because they're, they're, they have, they want, they have selfish, you know, gains. They want They want to get money or they want to get power or prestige or whatever. Um, and I just love how the elders at VBC, like just model this thing that like, it's not about the robe, you know, it's not about having this fancy priestly garment. Like the apron is better, you know, like I'm going to, I feel like you guys are guys who like, who really serve and really want to, um, to love in a humble and gentle way. And it is refreshingly different from, from, I, th- I think, sadly, what you see not only in the secular world, but sometimes in the church as well. Yeah, you know, we, we, we talk about this a lot, but if, if people are not looking at our lives and, and seeing a depiction of Christ that is so compelling for them to think to themselves, I want what that guy's got. I want that joy. I want that peace. I want that demeanor. I want that 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 assurance, whatever it may be. Then then we are we are missing it, you know. And and the world desperately needs for men and women to model that that kind of example for them to for them to look to. And that's what Jesus did for the world, and that's what He calls us to do for the world, you know, in His physical absence you know, so that they can see him through us. And again, elders should be leading the way, you know, elders should be setting that, that example in a, in a way that other people can say, yeah, they're, they're not, they're not Jesus. They're not God, but, but they are his human representatives, ambassadors here that, that should be, they're not perfect, but they should be setting a, an example for us. Yeah, I love that. And just to to circle back to your explanation earlier of just what that yielding process looks like, I think that's such an an opportunity for us as Christians to be an example of light as far as just how we handle differing opinions and disagreements. You know, like how many times have you person listening said the phrase to a fellow Christian, well, let's just agree to disagree, you know, <laughs> and moved on. And that's not what we're hearing from Tim is how the elders operate. Instead, it's a, it's a humility and gentleness and patience-based yielding instead. And man, wouldn't that be awesome if we could just erase that phrase from our vocabulary mm-hmm. and instead be an example of what yielding looks like uh, to people around us. So I love that. Uh, all right, Tim, as you're talking, it kind of got me thinking because you're saying, yeah, we should, we need men and women to be examples and be leaders and you know, you've asked me and Dan and several others this question a few times of just, hey, 
in 20 years, do you see yourself as an elder type of thing? And every time you ask, I'm like, well, huh, I guess to answer the question, like if we're not qualified to be an elder at that time, like why not? You know, like shouldn't we, if we trust that we're all being sanctified by Jesus and transformed daily, shouldn't we all be qualified for those lists? Like, shouldn't we be striving for those things? And do you agree with that? Do you think that's true? Or what do you think? Yes and no. Yes and no. That, that if someone aspires, you know, to the office of overseer, this is what Paul, you know, tells us in first Timothy three, um, that he desires a, a noble task. We're not saying that everyone should aspire to be an elder. However, um, we are convinced that everyone should aspire to be more like Jesus. And so as we look at the qualifications for an elder, that's exactly what, what those are. Um, those qualifications are basically, you know, ca- calling us to be more in line with the, with the character, you know, of the Savior. So, yeah, absolutely all of us should be moving in that direction, but it's not necessary that, that every person should aspire, should long for, should, should desire to be an elder. That's well said. That's well said. You, you know, one of the, one of the sections uh, that, that I thought was really interesting from Sunday, and it's kind of how Gary ended, was just like, you know, what, what should the elders expect from us, right? So he, he, he kind of outlined, you know, what, what should the flock or the, what should the body expect of the elders? But, but then on the other side, you know, what, as leaders, like, what do they expect us to, to do and be? And, and, and essentially what he landed on was like to pray for them, to, you know, to be nice, <laughs> to support them. I thought that was really funny. He's like, he's like, basically just be nice, you know, don't, don't make, uh, this whole labor that these elders are doing, like, you know, um, hard, painful work, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's already hard work. Don't, don't make it harder on them. You know? And I thought that was really interesting. And, and I, and I wondered if, I don't know, like kind of two things we can maybe talk about is like, why do you think people, uh, I don't know, can be, can be harsh or critical or, or, you know, make life hard for elders, you know, and then what, what can we do to be more of a support, you know, to, to these men that, that serve so faithfully? Like, I don't know. What what do you guys think? I mean, I'll just jump in before Tim answers. You know, I think that culturally, especially over the last 10, 20 years, you know, we talk about this a lot on this podcast, but just how we're becoming more and more focused on our own feelings and our idea of truth and what we think is important. Individualism, right? And I think it's really led to this like phenomenon of ask for the managerism, you know, <laughs> the quote unquote Karen mentality. <laughs> no offense, all you Karens out there. Um, but you know, like people just, they're very, they're becoming quicker and quicker to when they don't like something instead of trying to process that and pray through it and, and figure out maybe some deeper reasons why. Instead, their their first reaction is, I need to find someone I can blame for this problem and tell them to fix it, you know? And of course that's not always the case, but I, th- I do think it's way, way more, more common. And sadly in the church context, I think people are adopting that same attitude towards churches of, Hey, if I don't like something, who can I talk to to have them fix it? And then if they don't fix it, how I'm going to leave and what church can I find that will do that thing? You know? <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's sad, but I think it's a reality that we're kind of dealing with uh, more and more, especially in our area and this kind of, affluent, well-off area of the world. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and I, 
I think it's probably even easier now more than ever to just pick up and leave a church. And, and maybe there's some, some families that I don't know, have left our church that, uh, they haven't even said anything. They're just, they're just gone, you know, and they're off somewhere else. And yeah. And I think one, one of the issues that has come up with, with this pandemic and, and all the, all the things that have happened last year and into this year, just with, you know, political unrest and, and all kinds of different ideas about humanity and, and what life is supposed to be like. And I, I think we all have different ideas about how maybe our church is supposed to be handling those things. And so maybe that adds to the, to the, uh, that critical kind of spirit as well as, is we look at what the elders are doing and, and from our view, maybe we would do it differently. Right. And so that makes us critical and stuff. And so I don't know. Have you have you bumped up into any of that, Tim? You know, in the last year and a half or so. <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, and and I'm obviously I. Oh, I shouldn't say obviously. I, I don't I don't go out seeking conflict, but I don't mind. You know, if if I minded, you know, wrangling with people about <laughs> about issues, I'm I'm in the wrong I'm in the wrong office. Yeah, you know, I'm right. in the wrong role here. And I think what Gary was saying, everyone doesn't have to be compliant. You know, everyone doesn't have to be, you know, just roll over Robots. and say, what, yeah, yeah, whatever you guys say, we're, you know, but there's a way to go about, you know, conversations with folks that allow us to learn from each other, to understand one another, to hear one another. And, and then to understand that, okay, this is, this is a, a difficult, a difficult situation and there's no there's not a single answer you know for the for the situation and hopefully you know folks are seeing that as as elders we're we're not we're not in it for the money that's for sure <laughs> you know we're 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 not in it because hopefully they don't think we're you know these egomaniacs you know who just want to exert control we we genuinely and hopefully we have a track record of making decisions that are are for the glory of God and for the 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 best interests of of His people, and and so that that's where things you know, especially with 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 COVID and and a lot of other issues, you know, there's so many diverse opinions, you know, about about this. The the survey that I was mentioning, you know, was a great was a great example of that. You know, there everyone didn't land on exactly the same page about any of the issues, to be honest with you, there's a lot of diversity about everything. So our objective is first of all, to be teachable, to be approachable, um, to write this down, folks, elders at vbc.online, <laughs> elders at vbc.online. You are welcome to email us with any questions you have about anything that's going on, any decisions that have been made, and we will respond to you. If you don't get a response, write tim at vbc.online. That's my <laughs> personal email. And you can say, I wrote to that elders at vbc.online and I never, okay, please let me know. It, things fall through the cracks. Hopefully folks are giving us the benefit of the doubt. We're, we're not trying to be divisive. You know, we are not controlled by the government. <laughs> you know, we are controlled by the spirit of God and the authority of the word of God. And as we lead, that's our desire to be obedient, to be submissive, again, to glorify him and to look out for the, the best interests of, of, of everyone. 
Now, not everyone may see it that way or agree with it. And, and that's the reality of life on a fallen earth, right? It's, it's not going to be that way until Jesus comes back and makes everything right. But until then, you know, we, we, our desire is to navigate through all of these very difficult matters, you know, with, with, with truth and grace, you know, equally, you know, intact. Um, and again, with the desire to, to bring God all the glory we can. Yeah. And I, and I love how Gary talked about just that, just reiterated, what's the goal here? You know, the, the, the leader's goal is, is identical to Jesus's goal in, in shepherding. So when the elders are making these decisions, their, their goal is to expand the kingdom and to, to let the church grow and, and to, to feed and protect and to expand, you know, that whole deal. And, and so I think it's interesting because sometimes it, we could, we could even trust that, that they are doing that, that there, that there is that, that centrality and goal, but, but maybe we don't agree with the particulars with how it's going, it's being done. Right. And I think that's where it comes. It comes to like honor and trust. And, um, you have to ask yourself, like, do I, are these guys trustworthy? And, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a really great track record and, you know, from someone who's, who's kind of quote unquote on the inside, you know, um, I, I, I deal with these, with these guys, like in, in, in personal ways, um, in ministry contexts, uh, all kinds of different con- conversations and emails and phone calls. And, and, and it's, there's a, there is a track record of trustworthiness here. Um, Tim earlier spoke to the longevity and I think for me, that gives me a lot of confidence, even if I don't, I don't see things the way they're seeing things all the time. I may not agree about the exact particulars about, uh, uh, you know, something or a decision, but I always just come back to that thing of just honor and trustworthiness. And like, I'm going to submit to them as I would submit to Christ because, um, because there is this like track record, you know? I, I I agree with, with all of that. And I can also vouch for all those things. Um, and yeah, just to hit what Tim said about reaching out to them, you know, one thing that I'm going to, I'm going to keep patting Tim on the back here. One of the things that I so appreciate about working with Tim um, is he is such an example of somebody who is genuinely eager to receive feedback on how they can grow, you know, to receive comments on, on what they not necessarily have been falling short in, but Hey, what can I do better? And genuinely receives it with excitement, enjoying all those things. And most of us aren't that way naturally. And maybe he wasn't, he had to grow through that or whatever. But anyways, I think the elders really reflect that too. And so, man, don't feel like you can't tell the elders what you wish would be different about things. But like he said, just do it in a tactful. And again, that that gentleness and humility and patience that we should be striving towards um, as, as all brothers and sisters in Christ. Tim, one question, maybe this can be what we kind of end with, but I really loved before we started the podcast and we were doing some some game planning, you pose the question, I'll pose it to you again right now. You know, it's great. We're talking about leadership and the structure and the specifics and the qualifications and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, what does you being an elder and what does the, do all the elders we have here, what does that mean as a follower of Christ at VBC? And what should we take away from that? You know, God... God um has revealed himself as father, as son, um, as Holy Spirit. And when we think of that role of father, 
there is something that that is supposed to be very comforting to us. You know, a, a, a dad, um, Abba, you know, who who has arms, you know, open wide for us, saying, "Come to me." You know, no matter how dirty you know you've been, no matter how how you know, separated you have been from me. You know, if you are my daughter, if you are my son, you know, if you abide in Christ, you know, if you have made that, made that, that choice for Christ to be your savior and I have indwelt you with the Holy Spirit, you're mine. So come and let me, let me embrace you. Let me reassure you, you know, let me, you know, clean you up and, and, and set your feet on the rock and, and launch you, you know, back into, into a, 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 a dark and confused world that desperately needs them to see that, that you are not only redeemed, but you're restored. You're restored through what you've just been through. And so when, when I think about elders, no, we're not saviors, you know, no, we're not, we're not, you know, fathers, so to speak, but we do play a, a fatherly role, you know, and people should sense that we are folks who not only, you know, are looking out for the, the overall spiritual well-being of a church, teaching, preaching, praying, but, but we also want to be human beings who have been restored, you know, redeemed by the blood of Christ and, and who are comforters, you know, who are reassurers you know, who are um, examples, you know, of what it means to, to truly, you know, trust our, our lives, you know, into the, the, the hands of, of our Father, and for folks to be able to just sense that and, and know that and, and experience it. You know, we, we delight in being able to reassure our folks, you know, of that and to walk with them through, through valleys and to leap with them, you know, in, in joy, you know, and to experience with them, you know, life, you know, on a, on a fallen earth. So we, we want to set that example, not so that we can be the only people, you know, that they, that they look to, but so that we can definitely be, you know, one more example, you know, one more, one more, you know, person who is a genuine source of consistent encouragement to them in our, in our commitment to, to be followers of Jesus and to, to grow in his likeness. So that's what we hope people sense and see and, and then, and then get out there and do the same thing, you know, be that same source of, of, of hope and reassurance and comfort to others so that the world will be drawn to our our God through your lives as well not just through not just through elders not just through pastors but through all of us amen i mean i think it's a mic drop moment right there yeah absolutely uh, tim we're so grateful that you uh submitted yourself to this piano drop <laughs> q and a no, you, you like fielded all of our questions it just we just they just kept coming no, it's, it's great it's, it's exciting great. stuff and um, listeners, you know, really let us know because maybe we, we could do something like this regularly, like a quarterly elder Q&A. So if there's things that we didn't hit that you were really curious about, drop us a beat. If you would appreciate doing this uh, every so often with an elder, then we would love to let this be a platform for that. And yeah, we're excited for um, this to be just one of those ways, like you're talking about, to increase just communication and, and engagement with the elders. Dan, anything you want to leave us with? 
Yeah, just just a, a suggestion, and and this is taken from Gary's discussion and reflection questions from Sunday. You can you can get them at VBC online, but. Basically, he challenged us with reading through 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13, and just kind of evaluating uh, what is our attitude towards the elders at VBC. Um, are, we, are we thinking about them in, in, in a way that we should be, you know, from a biblical standpoint? So my encouragement to you would just be read 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13, you know, put it down in your own words, kind of make a paraphrase and then just pray through, just ask God to, to show you like, is my heart in, in alignment with this? Um, and if not, you know, just ask God to, to, to do some transformation in your heart so that you can come to a point of, of, of trust and, and honor, um, as it relates to our elders here. Yeah. I just want to tag on to that. You know, I think a lot of us think of the elders as bosses, or we're just used to that type of relationship in our lives of boss and submitter to boss. But we just got to erase that idea because it's not biblical, you know? And when I look at Tim and the elders, I'm not grateful to them. I don't love them and cherish them because they're an elder. I love them and cherish them and I'm grateful because they work their tails off to serve our people and they cover us with support and prayer. And so if you're in that spot, man, like Dan said, read the first Thessalonians, do that prayerful process. And again, maybe if you haven't heard from them, reach out, drop elders at vbc.online, Tim at vbc.online and ask them, and what have you been doing? Because I'm just in out of, out of the loop as far as uh, your roles as elders and, and all of that good stuff. Well, and, and are you guys still doing um, house calls? You guys still going Absolutely. And, and socially distancing yeah. with masks and going, they're going to homes and of people in the church and, and laying hands or praying, praying for people. Um, so man, that, that could be an amazing way just to, to interact with the elders if you haven't had a chance to yet. Yep. All right, guys, thanks for listening with us this week. We hope that it's been fruitful for you and we will tune in with you guys next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.